guys, welcome to Ajani's Audio Vault. It's been a while since we dropped audio and podcast content, but we're back. Have no worries. We were not going anywhere. We just took a little break to work on many different things that we're working on, but we're back and we're going to work on dropping new interviews every single week with the Music Biz Club and other audio content for you to learn about the music business. So on this episode of the Music Biz Club, I sat down with Phil Good, a music producer and engineer in the local Miami area who's been working in the industry for about 20 plus years. And he's worked with Sony BMG, Columbia, Rika Love, and the whole nine yards. And I sat down and asked him to do an interview to give his perspective on the new generation coming up in the music industry. So here it is. Some equipment that I had purchased. I worked at, um, I'm originally from Houston and I worked at um, this place called Astroworld. All the money I made from that amusement park, I bought a keyboard. My mom was like, you gonna spend all your money? I'm like, mm-hmm, on just a keyboard, mm-hmm. And so I just, we, we would sit and we would make beats. Um, didn't know that I would, you know, years later get to work with some amazing people and learn a lot. So that's how I got started, started. Right, so going through all those experiences and, and getting to that point to, to where you started uh, being around big artists, being around uh, big record labels. All right, what is that one advice? Because you're an educator. What is that advice you would give to uh, people who want to get into the, the business or actually maybe they're, they're working their way up, but what is that one advice to um, not make sure that everything is straight in line and they don't drift off to uh, doing something that they shouldn't do? What is that one key advice you would give them? It's hard to sum up one thing. What I'm settling on is understand your gift and understand how your passion and your gift can give the world what it needs that it's lacking or what it already has. It just doesn't have your perspective. Believe you me. There are a number of teachers, a number of professors that are as good and even better than myself. They don't have my perspective. They don't have my experiences. So when I teach, sometimes, you know, my students are like, hey, why are you um, making us learn all the programs instead of just focusing on one? I said, because in my experience, as long as I've been producing, you had to learn Cakewalk, you had to learn Cubase, you had to learn Digital Performer, you had to learn Logic, you had to learn Pro Tools, you had to learn MPC, you had to learn how to use a Roland. So if I just narrow you down to one, in my experiences, you might be a one-dimensional producer engineer. And they're like, okay, I may not agree with your perspective, but I'm glad you told me. So that one piece of advice is, Understand your passion, understand your gift, and how can you give it to someone else so that way they become better and you become better, even if somebody else is already doing it. Right. Your perspective is still so crucial. So crucial. 
Well, I, I, I truly believe that having diverse perspectives or diverse information makes you a better uh, producer or even a music business professional because that perspective, you know how to act in certain situations, even though it might not be your expertise and that might not what you do on a regular basis. But I think that's, that's really, really important because, you know, this is a ruthless business. So you have to understand the, the perspectives business-wise and from the creator standpoint. Let me, let me add something to, to that one. Uh, it's a, it's a, something I like to say. In order to be a teacher, typically have to have a degree. In order to be a dentist, doctor, degree. Um, even if you want to be a beautician or a barber, you got to get a license. You can't even sell liquor without a license. To be in the music business, oh, all you got to do is wake up. So you got everybody who may have a lot of knowledge about the business, and you have some people that have no knowledge about the business. And you need to be able to treat both people with respect, but also have some discernment. Because there are some people who know a lot about the business that mean you know well, mean you know good. There's some people that do. There's some people that don't know anything about the business that don't mean you anything well. But also there are some that don't know anything about the business that mean you well. So you have that's the ruthless part of it. You never know who you're dealing with, a CEO or dope man fresh. So picking back off those points, let's say I'm, I'm personally in the middle ground. I, you know, I might not have the experience of a CEO, but I have some experience and I might not know everything. How do you leverage those things? Or maybe let's say I'm, I'm, I, I'm someone who's coming up and uh, I meet all these different people, CEOs from you know, someone who's mid-level or someone who has you know, middle-level knowledge. How do you leverage that to from my benefit, also giving value, because I think value is very important in the creative aspect and also the business aspect, but how do you leverage that to, uh, you know, step on up your game and grow? It all depends on what lane you're in or what lanes you're in. I'm older, I'm older than 40. When I first started, I was a rapper producer. Yeah. I didn't know much about engineering. If the beat sounded good, I was cool. I fell into engineering because everyone around me was better at making hip hop beats. And I do mean like Tribe Called Quest, you know, Wu-Tang, Fushnikens, De La So all of that stuff where they're chopping up good samples. I didn't have a library of good samples. So what I realized I could do with my friends, hey man, um, that sample you use, it has too many pops and clicks in it let me get it so i can you know i can clean it up oh you know your vocals i don't think you are standing close enough to the mic or y'all think and they're like what are you talking about so it don't sound as good as the records that i'm hearing they're like man you like the thorough dude you come in you try to make everything clean i mean your beats are, you know super clean but you're not using the best samples i'm like yes yeah, so i don't have the best samples find out what you know what you're good at and start leveraging it with people around you there are some people that will respect it there are other people that will not continue learning you and who you are and how you can be of value to those around you. So if you're a music business, network. Find out who um, do you want to manage? Do you want to do contracts? Do you want to leverage um, stars in a, a place where they can get into um, endorsements and or merchandising? Learn about that. 
Um, if you're a music producer, what type of music producer? Are you a DJ producer, engineer producer, musician producer? Leverage your network. And, and I, I really like understanding who you are. Because once you know who you are, other people, because they will throw darts or they even try to dissuade, hey, I need you to go over here, I need you to do this. I don't know if that lines with my purpose. I don't know if that lines with my goals. You know, that you can pray about. It might be a skill set that you can learn to do and then hook one of your friends up to do it so that way you don't have to. Uh, right. I tell you, thing I, I don't like doing it, and that is trying to figure out all the perfect chords to play. I'll put down the basic thing and then hand it off to a musician like, hey, man, here's my idea. Oh, you know what? You should do this. And I'm like, that's amazing. Can I pay you to do it now that I have the idea of can we work together? So that's the thing. So, so, so you, you're saying some very interesting things here. I think from my perspective, that, that is maybe the starting blocks or the foundations of, of building a team. And, you know, you've been around for, you know, two decades, you know, a little bit more than that. And, like, what are the key components? If you're, like, a producer, what, what do you think are the key components to have on your team? Especially, I think... Maybe the times have really changed from back in the day, maybe 15 years ago to now, because you know the technology has changed, the type of productions have, have changed. What, if, what, 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 what do you need on your team from from your perspective? Some things have changed, many things have not. The core has not. And I used to argue this with my students in high school um, for the last five years and college for the last 10, 15 years. But it all boils down to this. I don't care if you are Ike and Tina Turner. I don't care if you are Timberland and Missy. I don't care if you are Zaytoven and, you know, Jeezy. I don't care who you are, producer, find an artist, or become an artist, build music, build those relationships. It may take you a while to find an artist. If you're an artist, find a producer, find an engineer. And you have to work with several because each one of us are different. There's an artist that like, yeah, I like that beat, but it's a little too blue. And the producer like, what the hell are you talking about, blue? I, 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 my keys aren't in blue. I don't know. There's going to be another producer like, yeah. It's a, you know, where you're talking to a producer, yeah, it's too blue. Yeah, it is. We need to yellow it up some. Now you all are speaking the same language by accident. And that chemistry will help you propel yourselves forward. You know, listen and watch to some interviews of, of DMX. And I'm pretty sure a lot, a lot of people have. And Missy, you know they will tell you some of the beats that are their most popular are the ones they did not want to do. Work with people, get it, get it out, get those ideas out. Um, I did a song on accident and ended up helping not only my career, another artist's career. Um, long story short, I met this young lady at a record label. She was singing to a beat that a producer had given her. The beat was slightly off key. And I wasn't sure if she couldn't sing 
or if it was the beat. So I pulled it to the side, like, yo, um, you know, you you a singer, right? Yeah, I'm a singer, I'm a songwriter, but they got me right to anything that they give me. I'm like, all right. Um, you know, A, B, C, D, you know, sing that back. She's like, A, B, C, D. Like, oh, okay, you can sing. You have to. Okay, right. cool. Let's give them a beat that will show them how good you are as a singer. She's like, all right. I said, I'll do it for free. No charge. Because I want to produce an artist. So we, let's work together. Right. Long story short, we got it. I brought her to my studio. We re, Instead of trying to do something new, I said, let's just remake Lovers and Friends to a girl version. She's like, okay, cool. She wrote something. Her sister wrote something. We recorded it in two days. All with this cheap microphone, $200, inside of a DG002 system. Next thing you know, that song was across the country. Oh, yeah? Me and her did the female version of Lovers and Friends, Asia. She's a great young lady. Um, at the time, the label and other people weren't really interested in signing her. They're like, what you do this for? This don't make no sense. You know, we're not interested in her like that. We just want to do this. I'm like, yeah, I just wanted to prove to you that she can sing. I can produce. Give me a record deal. Give her a record deal. Let's make something happen. While it didn't happen that way, she ended up con continuing her career and making things happen. I moved back to Houston because I was living here at the time. Moved back to Houston. People had heard the record that I had done and was like, oh, cool. You can work in our studio. We'll pay. Instead of me having to go through the whole intern proce process again, they hired me. I'm like, yeah, we know you know what you're doing because we heard your work. Right. Did I get paid for it? No. Did I get recognition and did I get respect? And what I, did I build a relationship? Yes. Work. Find someone. Find people and do the no one can deny work, good work, quality work. Well, well, definitely. I think one thing that I've learned, you know, it's only been a, a decade, 10 years that I've been working through the music industry. But one thing that's very, very imperative, important is chemistry. And yeah. and one of my mentors who used to work with Dave Matthews in real life for over a decade, for about 12 years. One thing he told me, he said, is that. You know, before I go into a, a, a deal with an artist, before I sign a management deal, the most important thing for me is to build that trust and have that chemistry. Because not, like you just said, not everybody is going to have the same chemistry. We all have different personalities. Yeah. So translating that into the business side, like dealing with lawyers or dealing with publishing companies, how should you approach, you know, those type of people? Because those are the people who... They go around the world, you know, they make the contacts, they, they get the sync licensing, and those people are very, very important. And I think not every artist, but I've met, come across a sizable amount of artists who downplay that and say, I don't need a publishing deal. I don't need to sign up with ASCAP. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, you're just hurting your, your career. So for, for the people who are serious about their career, growing their career, not just staying in one spot, how do you, you know, how, how important is the chemistry and how do you approach people in, in the publishing world and, you know, the PROs, the managers, the lawyers? How do you approach people like that and, and establish uh, chemistry with them? There are multiple ways on the, the grind level. Go everywhere where there are industry nights, you know, clubs, parties, um, get to know people and have uh, some work that they can hear just something that you you can present to them um, on the the more executive side 
or medium, I go in the medium. Many of the executives are just a DM, an instant message away. And they, it, you never know how it goes. For example, I met Kevin Lyles 10, 15 years ago. And I said, I am going to send him an email every week of five to 10 beats. Just because I don't, there, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, but I wanted to continue to follow up on having met him. Did anything happen because of that? Hell to the now. But nonetheless, <laughs> I don't know what he paid attention to and who he passed my stuff off to. But that work ethic kept me hungry. There was a record label that um, popped up here in Miami. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go there every Wednesday between this block and this block. And I'm going to either offer my service to mix, master, produce, write, engineer in any capacity. Even if they want me to clean up the studios, I'll be there. While they were skeptical, they're like, who is this showing up, man? Do you know this dude? Do you know this dude? I showed up consistently. Next thing you know, I'm writing songs for... I, uh, I forget his name. Point being, he worked with Mary J and a lot of people and he had me writing songs. And he's like, you know any singers? And I was like, none that I can call on the spot. He said, can you sing? I said, la, la, la. He said, yes, get in there. So now I'm singing female vocals for Mary J and other people. Um, he was like, if she likes it, I'm gonna shoot you a publishing deal and we'll walk, walk through everything. And I'm like, but this wasn't my goal. This wasn't my plan. I came here to clean up and to maybe produce an engineer. I didn't think that I was going to be a songwriter and get a deal. Like I said, it's, it's the work. It's the networking. And you take advantage of every opportunity you're given, even if you're not sure something will come out of it. Um, when I first worked with Slip and Slide, it was a position of, hey, uh, what do you need? And he said, I don't know. What can you do? And I told him, I make beats and mix and master engineer. Don't need any of that. What else do you do? I said, anything that you need. Six months later, <laughs> you know, I ran into an artist. And that artist was like, hey, I'm looking for a producer. And I'm like, I can produce. We developed a relationship. That artist and to get managed by another you know person and now that manager end up working with plies end up working with a lot of other people and because of that relationship that dude saw me work now whenever i have an artist and a hot song i can submit it to him and he can get it to the labels he can get it to the publishing companies he can get it to and that's the thing you you continue to work with people and they will make room for you when they see fit I'm going to tell you one little quick story. I met this dude from DreamWorks back in the ASCAP um, billboard days. And I'm like, oh, I, I got to get songs into a movie. I'm like, hey, man, I'm a producer. I'm a, such a, yeah, I heard of you. Feel good. You know, I saw, I saw you walking around. Introduce, what you got for me? Um, what do you want? I don't know till I hear it. I'm like, okay. So I let him hear some beats. I'm walking around with a CD player at the time. Don't like that one. Skip to the Don't like that one. Skip I said, so what are you looking for? Don't know till I hear it. I was livid. I'm like, what's wrong with this dude? I know I'm showing him my fire and he's not responding. 
I mean, I ain't, I ain't, I'm, I'm upset. I spent money to get in here. I'm not trying to fight nobody, but this, he's not giving me a proper vibe. Years later, I began to understand he's in the movie and the film business. Right. He's watched a lot of movies and he kind of knows what he wants, but literally he told me, I don't know until I hear it. So had I kept playing songs for him and kept submitting songs to him, he would have probably said, hey, that beat that you sent me two months ago, yeah, I need that for this movie. Go ahead and track it out or make, but I didn't have the patience because I was too hungry right then. So that hopefully that runs the gamut of what it takes. Consistency, determination, sometimes feeling people's vibe, sometimes adjusting your vibe to a person that may not be able to describe what they want, but they know it when they hear it. Right. Right. So, yeah, exactly. I, I truly do believe, like, for example, I've done a couple music supervision uh, projects, and, you know, we might come across a song that, you know, we might not like or not necessarily like, but we might not need. But, you know, a project comes along a couple months later, and I'm like, this would fit well for that project and then that's how we get a licensing deal sometimes so it, i mean and and going back to the dms I, this i think that's a very very important uh topic because before to get to a ceo you probably would have to make a phone call or you know send mm -hmm. mail yeah. you know but nowadays you, we have uh social media and a lot of these people, not all of them, but a lot of people, these people are putting themselves out for people to reach out to them. So uh, just, to, just to give you a, an example, when I was out in L.A., I was putting on an event like this, you know, and I was looking for speakers. And there's this one company called West One, and they're, they're a huge licensing. They're one of the largest independent licensing companies in the world. And I wanted to do an interview with the CEO the, uh, and the co-founder, one of the co-founders. Right. And, you know, I just reached out to him on, on Instagram and he said yes. And wow. you know, we, we, we developed a, a relationship and, you know, I was at ASCAP. I put on my own, my own show and he was there and, and it's a beautiful thing. So it, the power of the DM, not everybody is going to, uh, say yes, not everybody's going to check their, their DMs, but you know, one day, let's say you're, you're, you're sending uh, a DM to Britney Spears, for example, she gets a lot of DMs, but maybe one day she might decide to check it, uh, her DM and she sees your message and responds, or you know, they might be uh, messaging or wanting to do business with somebody who regularly checks her DMs for that particular purpose. They might not get to every single message but they are probably do, doing that actively and they might come across your um message and you know want to do business with you so uh i think that's a, a great marketing tool and talk about marketing social media how important or, or how has it changed from you know 10 15 20 years ago to to now and how how important is it it is It's crucial to the industry and to the business and what we do. Me and my high school kids, and even in the, the school I'm in, it has a middle school component. 
they ask me, Mr. Jones, you got Instagram? I'm like, yeah. What, what you doing on Instagram? I'm a music production company. I got to have a presence. Snapchat, you on Snapchat? Yeah, what's your, no, you don't need my Snapchat. It's only on music and production, but the point is, yes, I have one. Then when TikTok came out, Triller, Dub Smash, all of them, you know, Musical.ly, Vine, they're like, why do you jump on everything? Because this is where I'm gonna hopefully find the new artist, the new producer, the, the, the new up and coming manager and CEO of this record label, um, Twitter, when all of those came out. Now here's what began to happen. I couldn't manage it all. Number two, I had to gravitate to the platform that matched my personality and my social media, the people follow me. So YouTube, when I had that, I, I just could not consistently put up content that was not only musical, but also visually appealing. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna keep my presence here, but I'm mostly gonna focus on um, Instagram. Now, when I was an engineer recording with, you know, the Mike Joneses, the Yolanda Adams, the, you know, the Manny Freshes and all these people, I can't record and take a lot of pictures because I'm the behind the scenes person and people don't necessarily want to do that and they don't want to share that side. So you have to be more strategic. Right. Um, it, find out which social media platform fits your personality fits your entity, um, fits your, your message, um, and you know, work, work with that one. Or find a team of people that can help manage it you know, with you, um, for you. Um, and you know, to, to piggyback on the, the whole networking and DMs and all that good stuff, you know, I'm, I'm teaching a class and I had made a song just for fun called Turnpike. And my students heard it at the college at Miami Dade, Kendall campus. And one of them was messaging their boss. Their boss, I didn't know, knew Michael Bay. He DM'd him and started talking to him about, hey, you know, come by the studio, let's chat for a little while. My student ended up meeting Michael Bay and telling him about my um, song. And next thing you know, they were trying to get it in a Bad Boys 3 you know, movie. So wow. you never know. Did it make it to the movie? No. Did it make it to the soundtrack? No. However, it's a when it comes down to networking and DMing and messaging and communicate. I should have DM Khaled. <laughs> I didn't know he was the music supervisor. <laughs> but these are the things that you learn and you figure out who the players are. In my music business class at the high school, I make all the kids find out who the senior VP is for A&R, who the senior VP is A&R for Warner, you know, Electra, all of them. They're like, I don't know this person. I'm like, yeah, but notice they only have 2,000, you know, friends. Like, yeah, they should have more. I said, because not a lot of people research and find out who they are right. and develop that relationship. Anyway. Yeah, so, well, I think that is, is absolutely true. You don't necessarily have to have a, a huge following because – there are a lot of people, there's a lot of producers who have 50 million records and nobody knows who they are, but, you know, they might be on, they, a lot of them try to keep a, a low profile, but, you know, if you go on their social media and they see 2,000 people, they might have a relationship or know 
all the tastemakers or, or at least all the decision makers in, like, say, a Sony music or yeah. or just industry in general. So just to wrap this up, any more advice or, or anything you have to say before we end this call to, to where this message will uh, go to all the people who will watch it? What's the last thing you would, you would like to tell people in the world? I'm going to have to go back to what I... I um, am working on as far as my philosophy moving forward, which is know your gift, like I was saying before. Be accountable and responsible with your gift and your talents. So that way we all can tell our stories with authenticity. now, when I make songs, they have a purpose. It's good to turn up, party. We, we, we need that. You know, everybody in the club get, <clears throat> I'm going back, you know, all the way to the, to the newer stuff now. But there are some movies, there are some films, there are music videos, there are songs that will touch people forever. Like, you are beautiful no matter what you say, words can. That song is always going to be impactful. Um, we need more of that from many people. You know, that's, that's, my, that's my last advice. Know who you are. Know your gifts. Um, be accountable and responsible for them. You know, help somebody else. Become your best. And help- hey, guys. Thanks for listening to this interview and the podcast. And... Coming to a Johnny's Audio Vault to check out the content. If you would love to follow me on social media, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. A-J-A-N-I-G-E-E. That's my handle. And you can also find me on YouTube at a Johnny Griffith. Just search my name and I'll pop up. And this interview, the video format will pop up. And you can check out my vlogs and all my different content.